0: If you want to write a book and become a best-selling author, you're in the right place. At Elite Online Publishing, we can help you create, publish, and market your book so that it becomes a number one bestseller. We work with a limited number of authors to ensure that they receive the best possible service. So if you want to learn how to write and publish a book that will empower you to smartly grow your brand, business, and credibility, apply today. We look forward to working with you. Hi, this is Melanie Johnson. Thanks for listening in. Writers have a problem with having work-life balance with how to feel good and stay healthy during the writing process. Sometimes we use excuses of not working out or staying healthy while we're writing or vice versa, the excuse to not to write to stay healthy. So we have Dr. Venus, who is an expert at this. She is an expert in the health and fitness area, and she has joined us today. Thanks, Dr. Venus, for coming. Absolutely. I am Truly thrilled to be
1: here today to chat about this, because this is important stuff. Yep. So give us a little bit of your background and and who you are. Basically, what it comes down to is I am a physician. My specialty is physical medicine and rehabilitation. I've been in practice in that specialty for going 20 years now, actually. (laughs) So I've been doing this for quite a while, making sure That my patients are able to function as independently and as optimally as possible. Functioning in your life is something that's very important in my work.
0: I love the word functioning optimally. Let's dive into that to start off. What are some ways that we can function optimally? How do we get our body to be optimal? That's a big thing, actually. I think that
1: understanding how your body works is really important to the process, or at least understanding the key factors that can affect how your body works. Maybe you don't need to go and read the biology, all about the biology and physiology of the human body. You don't need to necessarily learn all those intricate processes. I guess that's what doctors are for. But to know those key factors that can affect how your body works, It's very important so that you can act on them. And the fantastic thing is that it doesn't necessarily take a whole lot of your time, because I know we're super busy to make those slight little adjustments or act on those few little factors that can really make a big difference in making sure that your body is working optimally. Because when your body is working optimally, your mind is working optimally and you can truly thrive in achieving all of the goals that you've set for yourself maybe one of which could be writing and publishing that book of yours
0: so what are a few of those little optimal th- those things those shifts that we can make that you see make a big difference if people just make these three or four changes just to get started can really help
1: there's actually a process that i talk about that can truly affect what you do on a regular basis. And there's five key areas, really. One of them has to do with your mobility, making sure that you stay very mobile because your body has a lot of moving parts. And in order to con- really in order to maintain your spinal alignment and maintain the function of your body. Those po- body parts need to keep moving and do what they were created to mm-hmm. do. So staying mobile is very important. Making sure that your blood and your lymph, that's a—that's just a, another type of fluid that some people uh, don't think as much about, but making sure that those Two fluid systems in your body are moving through really well. The blood, of course, is important for your circulation, carrying oxygen to your brain and to all of the parts of your body. Lymph is actually, it's very key in your immune system. So of course, that's important to your body. We all know that very well by now during this pandemic, but it's also key in carrying away waste and toxic Mm. stuff, making sure that you're staying mobile so you can move those two fluids, getting oxygen, and nourishing, nourishing things to your brain and your body parts, as well as carrying away the waste. Very key is your mobility. And then of course there's sleep, your stress management, that actually affects so many parts of your body, your environment, different things that can be toxic to you, not just the environment in terms of pollution. If you're in a really heavily high traffic area, Or I'm also speaking about your environment as far as toxins in your household. So that can be a big key factor as well. So those are a few of the key factors that I think that you should really try to act on. And you can really make some slight adjustments in your life in order to make sure that those
0: are taken care of. I love that. And the movement, especially for authors, get in that great mindset, move your body, get the blood flowing, get the oxygen flowing, even before you start to sit down and write your book and then take breaks to keep that blood flowing and get oxygen moving. will keep your brain functioning. So you don't have writer's block with all of that. So tell us a lot of times people feel like they can't. Uh, They have to close themselves off for a week to write their book or whatever. How do you think we could create work life balance in general and when writing a book? Because it's like we were talking about the holiday time during holiday time, or even I know the before school gets out for moms, it's like the busiest time, even more than the holidays. How do you keep that balance when you have extra things going on, whether it be a book or extracurricular activities, to try and keep that balance in your life?
1: What I think. important to note is when you're talking about work-life balance, it's not necessarily that you have to balance things out in terms of giving equal time, equal weight to every aspect of your life. It's certainly important to take that initial step back and truly prioritize because you're only going to be happy when you prioritize the things that are truly happy to you, that bring you happiness, and that are are important to you. And once you prioritize, you know what's important to you, you know what truly brings you happiness. And that's where you start to weigh things out. And then that's the balance you achieve. And yeah, some things are gonna be weighed a little bit more than the other, mm-hmm. but you can certainly try to find that balance point. So making sure that you take that initial step back to prioritize is super important so that you balance appropriately in order to really make yourself happy.
0: Yeah. And we're not, not everybody's always great about that to learn how to do that. Another thing I think in health balance too, is what should we be eating or drinking when we're having big projects like writing a book? Is there anything we should be putting into our bodies or staying away from when we're going to be doing this?
1: Oh, there are so many different things that you can do as far as nutrition. Again, that's one of the key factors I had named four of them. The fifth one is certainly nutrition as far as things that you should be putting in your body. And I like to keep this pretty simple. There are so many different diet plans out there and ways of living and eating. Most of them actually do work if your goal is just to lose weight because Mm -hmm. they all work on some factor of human physiology. And a lot of them work simply by cutting calories. But if we're just talking about thriving in life and being generally healthy, the biggest key thing I think is just to eat real food because when you're eating real food and what I'm talking about real food is food in its natural form. Like you can see that a peach is a peach and apple is an apple. That's real food. You're not having to look at a box and read all the different ingredients and figure out What exactly is this? Did it come out of the ground? Is it growing on a tree? Things of that. So I'm just talking about do your best to stay away from the processed stuff, all the junky things that people are often taking in. And especially in the standard American diet, those are things that are really important to note. So when you're able to stay away from the processed foods, then you can stay away from things that are less inflammatory to your body because inflammation is what can really cause some issues in affecting how your brain works and affecting how your body is able to continue to function. So those are the key things as far as just keeping things real in your nutrition. And another thing to note is maybe look into adaptogens. I don't want to get too technical about things, but adaptogens are, they're usually an herb of some kind. So again, it's a natural thing that you can take in. And you can eat it in your foods, or you can take it as a supplement as well. Ashwagandha is a very common adaptogen, something in that category. And the reason why I'm talking about adaptogens is because it's like a magical category of herbs, because it's able to act on your body in the way that your body needs. If you need a little bit of an upper... It's able to do that for you. If you actually need something to help calm you down and bring your systems down, then it's also able to do that for you. So it's one of those magic things of whatever you need, whatever it senses your body needs, it brings you back into
0: Balance. (laughs) So, where do we get those? Is it in food? Is it a supplement? What is that? Yeah, it's
1: definitely something you can pick up in any as a supplement in any type of a health food store. There, because they are natural herbs, you can go out and you can find in some of the very uh, whole foods type of grocery stores. If you were really to look at that, there's a lot of different herbs in that category, but start looking up adaptogens and ashwagandha is one of the very typical ones that, that people will turn to.
0: And I guess you just have to research your own body. If your body, it doesn't irritate your body or. Absolutely. I always
1: say if you have any kind of medical conditions, especially if you're taking any medications, it's always a good idea to talk to a health professional, just to make sure that there aren't any
0: contraindications given your medical conditions. That's very good advice because I just did something with Viome and found out all the stuff that I was eating that I thought was really good for me was not. And I couldn't figure out why my stomach was still so upset and I was eating all these healthy foods and some of those healthy foods my stomach didn't like for me. So exactly. it's good to know your body. Let's talk about distractions. You're a writer. How do you face the getting rid of distractions?
1: Oh, this is something that is, again, really important to do. It Starts with the prioritizing, as I had mentioned before, knowing what you are setting aside as your priorities and really blocking out not only other people and distractions, but actually blocking out that time. Because when you block out that time that you want to sit down and actually write, then you are able to tell people that may want to interrupt you because of personal things that come up throughout the day, especially since so many of us are working from home or started working from home. That phenomenon became very common and popular recently. Then you're able to actually talk to the people that may be in your life and explain this particular time, I really need to dedicate, if at all possible, try not to interrupt me during this time. When you're able to, again, take that step back, prioritize, and then block that certain amount of time out for your writing, then you can talk to the people who are important to you as well. But because they are important to you and you are important to them, they can respect that time block that you set aside for your writing. So that's one key thing. And then, of course, there are just some physical things that you can naturally do. Find what works for you in terms of really getting in the flow of your writing. And this is a little bit different for a lot of people. I personally actually, I think my brain is always working and I actually need a little bit of a background noise in order for me not to basically fall asleep when I'm writing. That's how I function best. A little, It's almost like a sound machine when you're falling asleep at night. For me, I just need a little bit of background noise. So I do, I have something in, in my background that is always playing so that I stay very stimulated when I'm writing. Other people, they need complete silence. So again, find that area of your home or of your office, whatever it may be in order to really get you and your juices flowing, so to speak,
0: creatively.
1: Creatively.
0: It's the knowing yourself, right? I have a son who he needs to have that other stimulation going on while he's learning. It's like he has two sides to his brain, I feel like. So really knowing how you learn or if you have to have something fidgety or something going on while you're doing it. And right, I want to dive into the sleep topic. Sleep is such, some people just, they're just sleep experts. As I'm getting older, I'm even finding a well, good night's rest is if I, oh my gosh, I slept for six hours straight, I feel like a million bucks versus waking up every two hours or something like that. And then sometimes I wonder, people hit that snooze button, if they were to get up right then versus fall back asleep for another two hours, does it really make a difference in their day? Let's dive into your thoughts on sleep and touch on some of those subjects.
1: Sleep is hugely important, especially when you're talking about making sure that your mind is able to think appropriately and optimally for writing. Oftentimes we associate that with the ability to be very creative. And there has been a lot of research actually on sleep and its effect on creativity. There's some researchers who feel like it's really important that you get the REM sleep. That's the rapid eye movement sleep. And then there are some researchers who argue that it's more of that deep, slow wave sleep that you need in order to, for that to work. And I feel and there are other researchers as well that feel that it's actually a, a, a key to have both parts of your sleep. So, of course, you need to have that good amount of sleep falling asleep at a reasonable hour and then getting up maybe optimally, I always say around seven and a half hours of sleep. And that's because your, your deep, slow wave sleep, that's the type of sleep that you get predominantly earlier on in your sleep. And that is something that really helps you get your memories firmly implanted in your brain, your body is able to, your mind actually is able to really take those things that you learn throughout the day and really get them entrenched as strong physical memories in your brain. When you move into your rapid eye movement sleep, your REM sleep, there, those tend to actually happen more frequently closer to the morning. And that's when you start to make associations between things that maybe are not necessarily linked but your brain starts to link those things. So you can actually start to get those creative thinking skills optimized during your REM sleep because you start to draw in those connections. And it's easier to, of course, make those connections once those brain, your brain has been doing that at night. So it's very key to have both parts of your sleep. You do need to get to sleep early. So you have some nice, good, deep, slow-wave sleep. And then you'll have more of the REM sleep as you get later into your sleep cycles, meaning closer to the morning.
0: I notice a lot of times myself and other people that I've talked to, it's like in that morning, sometimes they have their deepest sleep. Like they may wake up, but then when they fall back to sleep for that extra hour or two, it's, oh, man, I was really had like my best sleep before I woke up. So that goes in key with what you're saying about that. And then I want to touch on, which I love, I was, it's getting, it's making my goals of things that I want and writing them down. And one of the things I decided to tap into for myself was to have more laughter, to laugh more. It seems like we've had so much serious things. Life can be so serious. Why is it important to laugh? Oh my goodness. There's so many fantastic things that happen
1: with laughter that it can help with even the most basic physical things. And then the some of the more generic and more general topics as well. But I'll just start from the obvious. Laughter just makes you feel good, obviously. <laughs> Laughter makes you feel good. So why not bring some feel-good into your life especially when there's so much that can that can create more for us throughout our lives and even if you're stressed with writing (laughs) if that's become a stressful point in your life then some laughter can certainly help you feel even better during that but one of the key factors that i was talking about at the top of this interview was managing your stress and that's primarily because cortisol is known as the stress hormone, of course, is affected by laughter. Research has shown this. When your cortisol levels are too high and they stay chronically high, so you're constantly stressed and you're not managing it so that it comes back down again, then it can start to affect so many different systems in your body. It can affect your digestive system. It can affect your immune system. It can affect even your sexual function, your libido. It can affect so many different systems of your body. And one thing it can certainly affect is is your hippocampus. Mm -hmm. And that is your, where the part of your brain where memories are encoded. So when you're walking around trying to find where you left your keys in the morning, or you walk into a room and you say, why did I just walk into this room? Those types of things can start to happen to you when you're too stressed out, your cortisol levels are high and you're having some issues in terms of your memory. So certainly, laughter, decreasing your cortisol levels can be so helpful in making sure that your body is functioning optimally and that your mind
0: is functioning optimally because laughter will bring down those cortisol levels. I love it. So no wonder, I think that, like you say, stress. I walk into a room all the time, like, I know I came in here for something, but I've thought about 10 different things before I get there. But it's really, if I would just, maybe it means that I'm stressed out or I'm too stressed and I just need to laugh more. So I think that needs to be on everybody's list to add that to your goals for your life is to laugh and smile more. I think they probably both have benefits the same way. Absolutely. There's so many things that you can do and it's, it doesn't take any extra
1: time really out of your day to have a good laugh. There are a few other things that you can do in terms of managing stress that doesn't really take any other extra time during your day. And of course I can go into that as we talk.
0: Give us those. All right. You already baited us. So give us a <laughs> That do that. This
1: is the key. Whenever you're talking about being stressed throughout the day or being stressed at any moment in life, we are all going to get stressed. That's what life is. Various stresses get thrown at us during life. And no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to breathe because guess what? You're breathing anyway. <laughs> so indeed, my best advice to you is to take a breath. That's it. Just take a breath and perhaps even take even more than one breath. And when I'm talking about breathing, I'm talking about very deep breathing. And the reason why I talk about that is because, without again getting too super technical about it, your inhalation, which is breathing in, is associated with your sympathetic nervous system. Breathing out or your exhalation is associated with your parasympathetic nervous system. Your parasympathetic nervous system is responsible for your body resting and digesting. That's what we usually talk about with parasympathetic, the rest and digest system. So if you can focus your breathing and put a lot of emphasis on that exhalation, then you will be helping to bring your body into more of a resting state, and you can work on actually bringing that cortisol level down. So take a few deep breaths, maybe just four, six, eight cycles, somewhere in that range of deep breaths where you're focusing on exhaling longer than you're inhaling. I like to do a typical four, seven, eight breath where you're inhaling for four counts, holding it for seven counts and exhaling for eight counts, four cycles of that. And you'll
0: feel your body relaxing and it doesn't take any extra
1: time from your day
0: because you're breathing anyway. Breathing anyway, I love, there's an app called Breathworks or BreatheWorks that I use, and it goes through if you want for to go to sleep or to get more energy or slow down. But it makes sense. Think about when you're tired, you start to yawn, right? And you're breathing a lot out, so it does relax you, and it doesn't take any extra time whatsoever. Tell us, is there anything that you can think of that you're seeing down the pike that can help us for the future of things that you're seeing as trends to help us be healthier and happy? The thing that I think is really
1: starting to catch on as far as trends is this idea of biohacking and biohacking. Has actually started to get very techy. People have all these monitors, all these monitors out, and then there's the blue blocking, blue light blocking glasses, a lot of techie things, but you don't necessarily have to get super techie when you're talking about biohacking. Biohacking really is just understanding how the body works and taking those few steps that you can to make slight modifications in your lifestyle that can make big impact on your health. And guess what? That's exactly what we've been talking about. And breathing doesn't take a whole lot of tech. You can use that app. There's a little bit of tech there if you are really a techie person. But again, breathing doesn't take a whole lot. Eating real food doesn't take a whole lot of techiness. So you can be a really cool biohacker and catch on to this biohacking phenomenon and make real impact on your life without having to get too techie with it.
0: I love the biohacking. I've been hearing about biohacking and I think if people zone into that more and more, you'll live optimally like we've been talking about here. And to live optimally and be your best self will help you be more productive, have more energy and be able to get that book that you've been thinking about writing for the last three years done. So that's what we're doing now, Dr. Venus. I know you have something special for us in the VIP area. So tell us about that. I have something that I think is going to be highly valuable to
1: everyone. If you are working on a book, if you have a business that you're trying to continue to build and grow using your book, then you definitely want to also think about using the power of partners, collaborating with other people to help get your book out there for a book launch perhaps, or perhaps you're trying to get a program set up after your book and get that launched. Using partners to help you really thrive in your business is something that I think is key because you're tapping into other people's audiences and that way you can reach people exponentially. So I created a workshop, partner power workshop, and I take people through exactly how to identify partners, how to find high level partners, how to reach out to the media, even because they can be your partner in reaching people. I created this workshop and I run people through it. It's a four hour workshop and I am giving out the recordings of this workshop to each and every person who gets that VIP pass.
0: That sounds hugely valuable. Thank you so much for giving that. So you're gonna get that free pass for that workshop and watch the recording. Make sure you jump into that VIP area if you haven't done it already. And if you have, go check it out. Thank you, Dr. Venus. You've made us all healthier, happier, lowered our cortisol levels. And we are going to be less stressed and walk through and biohack our lives. So, appreciate your time. Thank you for being so generous. Absolutely. Thank you. If you want to write a book and become a best selling author, you're in the right place. At Elite Online Publishing, we can help you create, publish, and market your book so that it becomes a number one bestseller. We work with a limited number of authors to ensure that they receive the best possible service. So if you want to learn how to write and publish a book that will empower you to smartly grow your brand, business, and credibility, apply today. We look forward to
1: working with you.